For those ready to get serious about leveling up in Street Fighter V, we've put together a list of seven tactics that have given us great results in our recent training endeavors. And also, we fight about the validity of online tournaments on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Good morning. Um, subscribe to our podcast because that's important. Tell your friends. And also, if you haven't already, check out the new Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath trailer that shows off content for Shiva, Fujin, Robocop, but then even more than that, it shows new stages, it shows a new stage fatality, and holy crap, do I have to say just in watching that for a game that I don't really play, I look at that and I go, NRS is so good at doing something that is so important right now, and that is presenting your game in a hype way for people that play it competitively and for people that are just passing by on the street. Mortal Kombat has, of course, a a barrier because of the gore and such, and so you're going to turn some people off with that, and that's unfortunate. But even so, their reach with that and the way that they present themselves puts them uh, in in, in a whole other arena from a lot of the other fighting games in this kind of um, particular avenue. It's it's just amazing. The way these these trailers are executed, the editing that's just getting better and better, the you know, the the action follows the beats of the music and stuff is mm-hmm. cut and come back to and Robocop does a cool guys don't look at explosions fatality. You guys, it's I don't play the game and I am on the edge of my seat hype for it. It's just it's really cool. I'm excited. And I think other people are gonna see that and they're going to copy that and but but like they are setting standards, man. Yeah, Baraka gets shot in the penis. So there it is. It's <laughs> poor Baraka. He he never wins in these trailers, man. He just he comes out, says some goofy stuff, and then they kill him like five <laughs> times over again, and just doesn't work out well for him. But uh, but yeah, uh, moving on here. Uh, offline tournaments aren't coming back anytime soon. Uh, the MMA, the NBA, other leagues, they're they are not looking at bringing back fans in to watch events in the near future. Probably all of 2020, that's not going to happen. And the NBA has actually decided that fans account for 40% of the revenue. 40%. This is a huge amount of money to lose for them. Billions of dollars. And if there was a way for them to get this uh, revenue back, they'd be doing it. Billions of dollars in losses is gigantic for anyone even the nba Uh, as such i feel there's kind of little hope of the fighting game community returning to offline open tournaments anytime soon if the big dogs can't do it i don't see how we're going to do it either it's just it's time for the fgc to get used to more online events Uh, capcom even said uh, recently to their investors which is a big deal they cannot lie to their investors they have to be upfront about it that they plan to host tournaments online because of the coronavirus uh, they said that this would be happening in Japan and overseas, so you know worldwide, right? Mm. Uh, I very firmly think the days of online not being a huge part of our tournament scene are officially over now. So. Fair enough, and I don't disagree with you, but how does that make you feel? with where online is at right now and if that is the I, case i feel great about it I, <laughs> you feel great they, they, is that being yeah, completely guy, genuine 
it's, it's dead dead serious. I mean, just to give people a little bit of a uh, clue behind the scenes and stuff like that, they always share the Bane quote where, you know, he's, uh, I, I, you know, born into the darkness and stuff like that. You simply embraced it and whatnot. But about me and online play. And like, that's kind of like a running joke because I've been playing online since the X-Band days, which is clear back in the Super Nintendo era. Like online is what I know. It's what I love. And like, to me, Molded this is like... It. <laughs> yeah, you're molded by it. I'm just, do you know what? Do you know what a lack of, of strawberries does to your diet? And, and anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I need to get Stephen to Photoshop a Bane mask on you for your profile picture on the yeah. uh, on Skype. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So, um, but uh, it, it's yeah. I mean, I'm totally embraced it. I, I I don't understand how come the fighting game community. I, I've ranted about this before. Is not completely on board with this. And like 10 years ago, 10 years ago, we should have been doing this stuff because just the opportunities it creates for people. But yeah, I'm, I could not be more on board with this. Okay, so maybe I need to get a little specific here just to make sure, uh, because I can definitely see pe- why people wouldn't be on board with it. Um, but I can also see, and I think it's clear for everyone, that everyone would be overjoyed to have online as a valid option where we could play games and such and then maybe even majors there's maybe a a novelty about everyone grouping together and such and you know going to vendors and whatnot and the experience so maybe they'll stick around for that but the efficiency of online if we could get it to a place where it works for us to to where we're going to digest this as something worth doing as far as like competition and a showcasing of skill and ability if um, and I don't think that that's we're we're very much finding like that's not where we're at as people play these online events they're like yeah but big old asterisk next to all of this because uh, it's online I, I have to I have to jump in I get where you're going with this because it's the same crap I hear throughout the entire community and it's bull crap it's completely wrong you you said if this was valid it already is valid it's only for some people. If you actually take care of your connection, if you set this up right, it's not like Scrubboy15 is winning these tournaments. Legitimate, strong players are winning it. Is it legitimate for everyone? No. I get that. And it's not going to be because some people don't give two craps about their connection and they live in BFE and they're like, oh yeah, Wi-Fi, like one mega tick of download is perfect for me you know kind of thing and it's like no that's not good enough spend some actual cash on your connection and upgrade it and and you take care of that stuff and if you don't then yeah you don't get to play online you don't get to have a valid experience but for plenty of people it's not like this isn't valid it already is it's just for some people they don't give enough of a crap about their connection to take care of it but like we if someone pauses a match it's a, it's a, we don't use that match anymore as far as like current standards for play. Like if someone accidentally pauses a match, it's unfortunate, but you have to forfeit because that much interruption we have decided is not okay. So one of two things has to happen. We have to change our standards for what we accept as okay for, uh, you know, competitive exploration or online has to get to where we feel like it's an ample recreation of what we're experiencing offline and what it has to hit our expectation. But I think one of those things has to happen and then they have not happened. No, it's, it's already not. There. It is already there. The thing about it is it's offline's always going to be better. And if you have that expectation that somehow offline uh, and online are ever going to be on par with each other perfectly, that's never going to happen. But for me, I I run connections and sets with people all the time that, that have great connections. And it's just like you're playing offline. So have you. It's not everyone, but it can be the vast majority of your experience. And you can learn how to pit players against each other that only can play in certain regions with a certain quality of connections. This stuff can be done and 
be done at a very high level. It's not done right now in the fighting game community because we've been so resistant to online play. It, we've just been like, online play is not valid. We're not going to do it, well, blah, blah, blah. Do you blah. think it's because we've been resistant or do you think it's because the developers haven't implemented netcode that's, that's on par with it yet? It, I mean, I mean again, most games demanded, at Evo aren't rollback netcode even to begin with. If we demanded better netcode from the get-go, if we had been hitting that more hard over the years, it would have happened sooner. I can get behind and, you on that. I can get behind you on that we should be doing, as the, as the community on this side of the coin or this side of the fence, we should be doing everything we can to um, make progress in this avenue to encourage, and not to just yell and point fingers, but to encourage and incentivize better uh, uh internet net code and such like because i agree like I, th I think we're i think we're really agreeing mostly and but yeah. maybe it's just more that you're putting the blame uh or, or maybe not even the blame but the burden the blame on the literally. shoulders of the community to push this issue forward so that it gets done i am putting the blame squarely on people like you flat out i'm calling you out because you're one of the people who has said this and i love you you're awesome but you're one of the people who have said over the years like online play is whatever it's not valid it's other stuff that kind of attitude holds us back because we have not properly invested in the infrastructure to build up online like other esports communities have and so we're here we're in the the freaking dinosaur ages here velociraptor we're in the dinosaur ages <laughs> and so yeah i'm gonna call you out and again i love you you're freaking awesome like one of my best friends uh you're you're great but it's like this attitude really hurts us a lot because it's like people are like just so resistant to online well like, no, i even uh included when i was saying this though i included that everybody wants online to get to the point where this can be okay it's not like we're saying only online will, will always be the other and we're only on team offline it's like no i'm super open to the idea of us getting there and you're right that i have had matches online where i couldn't discern any different from offline play that's not the same thing as being able to consistently play in a tournament for that but that's that's its own thing i'm saying like i'm down to get to this place i'm not saying we never will and i'm not saying i would stop giving i i give online a chance every every other day you know like i right. come back right. to it and like i'm a, part of me is like i'm hoping this will be good this time and, and yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super there for the progress and everything. I just don't think we're there yet. And so the question for me becomes, how do we get there? Again, we have to tell the developers, we have to go out there and we have to make this a huge factor. And we have not made this a huge factor. We have not talked about this enough in our community. We have not tried to prop up this aspect of our gameplay enough in the community. We have minimized online play to a ridiculous degree over the years. We have tried to make it as little of a factor as humanly possible. And you know what that tells to the developers making these games? Don't worry that much about your online play. That's exactly the message it says to him. And if you don't believe me, well, look at the state of online play in fighting games. Tell me how that compares to all the other games out there that are major esports titles in terms of netcode, in terms of infrastructure, and all this other kind of stuff. And you can see we're way behind the times. And we're way behind the times because we have not made this a big enough deal. Right. And, and I agree. That's what we should be doing is incentivizing or encouraging the, uh, the movement towards this getting better, this getting to that place. I 100% agree with you there. I just don't think we're there yet. And as to who's no, to not. blame, then that's okay. Because what you were saying a lot of before, it sounded like we're there already and we need to just like accept some it as people, it is. Some people are, it's good enough as is for some people. And it really is. It's you, cause you called it not valid. Yeah. And I said, that's bull crap. It is valid for a number of people because this is the main way we train and play online. It's not offline, but it's good enough for this to be valid in a number of respects. It's why Evo's going online. It's why the Capcom Pro Tour has been online. And, and not only that, we are expanding our online operations without better netcode in many instances. 
we are going much more. And yeah, it's going to be valid enough. Uh, and we've even seen it with Smash. Like, it's valid enough. Yeah, I'm sure MKLeo and a few other people would really disagree with that. But we still see people like Tweak and others up there at the very end of, of tournaments debuzz like he is a very technical and skilled and just disciplined player and he is still at the very top of tournaments placing it's and that is with smash netcode like that is like the ultimate like oh my oh no you know kind of thing what is happening here and it's valid it's still it, you can't tell me that's not valid well that, i can say i can say legit. this about it that uh, pro players are going to be uh, they're going to excel in more categories of gameplay than your average player and there are certain categories that are more affected by online than not but the the end of the day most pro players are where they're at because they are very good at that active problem solving uh, game that's was very fundamental you know sometimes some people will will float to the top just in one particular category but that's that's pretty counterable at, at certain anyways a lot of pros are going to do well for a lot of different reasons. They go online, yes, they're still the pros. They still have their brains, their ability, their execution, and maybe some things like execution are going to get hampered. Um, reaction times are going to get hampered, but like basic gameplay strategy, the ability to adapt and play uh, because you're in this new environment that has delay and such, it's like, well, okay, maybe now you could argue that a skill would be to see that and then move into playing as efficiently as possible in this new in these new uh, arenas, right? So so I think that the pros will still be winning and and they still will be doing reasonably well, although there is the MKLeo example, the guy that wins freaking everything first place. It's news when he doesn't win a tournament, gets 33rd and pops off about it. But that is somewhat anecdotal. I'll give you that. But here's the thing. They're going to see they're going to continue to do well. But with that being the case. Are we okay with the level of chaos that still happens? And when you're playing pros in top eight and they're fighting and they're duking it out for, for first place for the you know last hit and someone who would have very clearly got the last hit because they're doing a combo that they routinely finish doesn't finish that combo because of a lag spike or something, the other person wins the tournament, that ends, are those two people and is the community okay with that being a potential outcome? And, and that thread runs through the entirety of the tournament at any point something like that can happen are we okay with having that happen multiple times throughout any tournament that happens are we okay with it happening at capcom cup 2019 what happened at capcom cup 2019 remind me the second player side was lagging according to punk and yeah five other players and and that's like I, a huge were thing okay with it we we had to be right and you could argue that well hey online is such a big thing you're gonna have to be but ultimately when we can stop or control these things we do if someone pauses it we have rules and if you're able to fix that little hiccup it's like we stopped the tournament for a long ass time to try to to get that going and and it happened the year before too with uh with i think fudo and chris t both talked about it um in capcom cup 2018 mm -hmm. but like gamer bees gamer bees uh, controller disconnects in Evo and yeah. it's like this moment where everyone feels terrible and doesn't know because of like doesn't know what we should do and how we should go about this because that was such an important moment that was interrupted by something that crosses the, the barrier of what we see is valid and online exists out there. 
In, in many respects, yes, it does. And again, it's. It, I want to remind people, I've said this before, I'll say it again, the ultimate decider is going to be offline. That's how it is in other esports. That's how it should be still in the FGC. We use online as a tool to help us get more people in the door, to expand people who may not have a chance to showcase their skills because they don't have the money to travel. Uh, they're not sure how well they'll stack up a tournament, a few other things. It is a valid way to help get through those portions of a tournament. Hell yeah. Ultimately, well, portions of you tournament. want... You want the, the as much as possible to be offline, but there are a number of ways to do stuff that's online that's totally valid and fine. And again, if MK Leo is getting pieced out online, it's like, dude, just go play offline. We know you're going to have a chance at winning the tournament. It's fine. Or don't play online at all. If you don't like it, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. This isn't for you. This isn't to replace offline. And that's what people get hung up on. Like, oh, we're replacing off. No, we're not. This is an addition to, to playing offline tournaments. This is another way, another path that we can do. And it's perfectly valid and fine. It's not a replacement. And this is what I, 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 I it's like that slippery slope argument that people are like, well, if we, if we do this offline, I'm I mean, online, then like everything's going to go to crap. And it's like, no, you don't have to replace our, our decades of beautiful history in the fighting game community with online play. That's not what we're proposing. It's I have not heard a single person suggest that. And yet, like everyone seems to think that's what's on the table. And it's it's ridiculous. It's like, where are you getting this information from? Who is saying this? Well, people don't they don't know that that's going to happen, but they're afraid that it might. And there's a lot of people that are thinking that way. So it's probably worth investigating. But no, we don't know. But what we do know is that we're presenting people with a new level of convenience on what is currently more of a watered down version of something. And when you can and it's there in, in abundance. And if that's the case, then the fear is that uh, the novelty of the local tournament uh, fade away and people might forget what they cared about most in offline play and, and just migrate away from that. Is that wrong or bad? Like it's kind of objective, but uh, or it's kind that's of subjective. Happen. I, that, that, my whole, when is that ever going to happen? It's not. It, it's, it's, it's people are just... You might fearful. be right, but you also people. sound a lot like the people that said Titanic will never sink. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. But yeah, anyway. Um, but again, it's like it's we've built something beautiful in the FGC. Our offline open tournaments are wonderful. Why would we ever get rid of those? You know, it's like there's no reason to. Let's keep those going. They make well, money people for people. People don't go to them because they don't care to anymore because it loses. You're right. You know what? I don't have enough evidence to say that that will happen. So it, I won't it, say they if, if if it earns money for people, they'll keep doing it. And it's those are proven business models for people. Right, right. They That's what I'm kind of getting money. at. But yeah. in convenience, so. if people don't have to travel and such and they say, no, I can get my fix with this and, and more. It would probably take some time, but it could evolve away. But it'll probably yeah, I, be long after we're done with this, so who cares? Yeah, I think uh, I think that you and I both need to get like matching tattoos, but just the opposite, where I have online written on my forehead and you have offline, and that's just how we, you know, resolve this in the future. But you yeah, really want to do it on your foreheads, like, <laughs> dude? That's how hardcore we are, man. Anyway, uh, we don't usually argue on the pod like this, but it's it's good. It's good debate. Again, this is stuff we do have happen behind the scenes, and uh, you know, we do go at each other, but. It is in the name of like journalistic integrity. If we're not like defending these points and talking about them, it's a huge, you know, we, we've got to call each other out and talk about this stuff so that we make sure we're covering the bases when we do this. And it's like, if we're not doing it, we're, we're doing the community and ourselves a disservice. So it's really important we talk about the stuff. And sometimes it gets a little heavy as you guys can, you know, listen to here. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, I, again, as you said, I think we're much closer than we are like further apart on this. But, oh, but for yeah. sure. And I don't want to be, it's important to me not to be seen as team on or offline only um, because I'm, I'm not that. 
I will wholeheartedly embrace. And what you were saying just a second ago about um, what was it offline or this is good because it brings people in and it gives new opportunities where we wouldn't have otherwise a hundred percent hell yes to all of those things i'm not so sure about earlier rounds of tournaments and whatnot and if that's not as important but i can see why even with what we have today in at least street fighter 5 that yeah okay like i can i can i can meet you halfway on that bridge of saying this is an online tournament some bs is gonna happen but you get all of this stuff for for running it, you know, opportunities and new pl- so many players and and the experience and whatnot. That's an it's a good trade off. It's a good sure. trade off, and it's I like something else you said. It's not the same thing. We're talking about two different things: offline and online tournaments. Hey, that needs to be said more because so many people are thinking this is we're accepting it as the exact same thing no but let's use the resources at hand and let's get on this train as it continues to move forward and gets better and better and better i agree with all that so team smartest place at the right time as well as you know as best you can guess that's me yeah. not not just team offline and just to clarify for people who haven't listened to previous pods like what you know online you can do is one you have its own prize pool and other stuff like if you win online you win that and then for the offline portion of that event what you do is you give that player um, or the players who made like top eight or top 16 like higher up seating you know or you get them to round two or something like that and it's like hey the offline competition is still there it's still you know pure and all that kind of stuff but the online people there they have a financial incentive to win the tournament and they also have a um, higher seating for winning that online tournament so again offline is still the ultimate decider it has to be a it's how other esports do it. That just you want to minimize the chaos factor as much as possible, but you give online players an incentive to compete in this stuff. Uh, again, the, the CPT gives people points, you know, kind of thing. There's incentive to go do that stuff, um, and that's how you make it work. It's an opportunity to to expand beyond what we have right now. So. Anyway, um, so uh, just to, to put a bow on this here real quick, uh, you can expect a way bigger emphasis placed on um, uh, fighting games going forward. Capcom has outright said it to their investors. It's going to happen. Uh, the days of like just uh, offline tournaments being you know, the only majors in town and other stuff, you can flat out, that's over. It's done. Um, you're going to see online tournaments be major events now in the FGC. There's a lot of ways to peel the apple there. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, there it is. Um, Cool. And actually, uh, just a real quick aside, I know this is something you're working on. I was going to go into to more depth here, but uh, we got into a different debate, which is great. Uh, but I know that you're specifically working on ways to kind of fix ranked play so that it's more rewarding for players to get that more dopamine drip and stuff. Uh, and I know you have an article specifically looking at that. But uh, if you can kind of give people a little heads up on what you're looking at there. Ways to fix rank. Oh, with the... Um, yes, I remember what you're talking about now. Uh, well... I don't know if I want to preface this with saying something like, hey, I play some MOBAs and they do a thing and it works really well for getting me excited. And when I get on and play with friends and we're choosing, you know, which characters we're going to use and whatnot, they will, instead of create a composition that works well with the characters everybody else have chosen, they'll say, well, I need to play a StarCraft hero playing Heroes of the Storm in order to fulfill my daily quests and get like 200 gold that I may or may not ever use. But the drive to do it, the drive to engage, the drive to get on and make sure you uh, checked in to, to make sure you keep your combo going because if you do 15 days in a row or whatever, you get an added bonus, all that stuff is in the biggest and best, or a lot of biggest and best games right now. And I think Street Fighter uh, or Capcom should start adopting 
that kind yeah. of a, a style. So, um, and, and that I kind of got focused in there on, because you said the dopamine drips and whatnot, but, um, it's a, a more broad approach and I, I don't know exactly how we would do this. I'm still hammering it out, actually talking with Nick, um, and doing a collab on this, but we're considering what it might look like if street fighter five, just as an example, but it could be any game, but street fighter five switched over to seasonal ranked play. And by that, I mean that you can, um, you, like it's like a maybe maybe a two month or three month period something like that maybe one I don't it doesn't matter but a, a set period where everybody starts um, with like a blank slate and maybe you play a couple of matches um, and those are qualifier matches and then you are uh, based on the results of those and then um, based on your rank in past seasons after season one you would be placed into your respective rank and then you could start grinding from there something along those lines because that way um, like the refresh feels really kind of good for a lot of people maybe you're not having as great of a season or something like that but hey uh, you know you get to the end of it and you get to start over and, and and start with something of a fresh slate Sometimes looking at Trashbox having crossed the 1 million league point line and going, you know, this whole thing is just a straight line back and forth that doesn't, if I want to get there, I have to 135 points at a time, get up to a million, you know, a few times you get more than that. But then uh, you were talking about now, you know, you're up in, in Grandmaster rank and even when you run into a diamond player, if you go one and two against the diamond player, you end up still losing points. You mean two and one, like you win two matches. And, I'm sorry, and yeah, two one. and yeah. one, yes. Yeah. Uh, even though you've won the set, you still end up losing points. It's like it's hard to grind, and that it's yeah. they're fun, but points could be more fun. And there's a lot more to it than just that. But starting to get into exploring that I think would probably be really cool because I find myself, mm -hmm. when it's time to play games, I find myself being drawn in multiple directions, and I've been more excited about Street Fighter in recent days and, and even played just before I started work today to, to record here. But I, I'm often pulled in the direction of those other games that have the stupid checkboxes to do and uh, you know where I can grind in a way that feels like it means something. Ranked has, it was in a worse place when it first started. They've already done some tweaks to make it better, but... Overall, I feel like it's it's just a personalized sort of thing, and that's good, but there could be more than just, like, I'm going to grind for myself. It could be like, I'm going to try to be the best here, you know, in this season, or, yeah. you know, I got these goals and whatnot. It's just maybe a, maybe a fresh look at it. Exactly. Games should be fun, and, and when you actually get up to a certain rank in Street Fighter V, if ranked mode is punishing, like, it's so punishing to the point, again, you win two games and you lose one, and you lose a decent amount of points, where, it, like, you're like, ah, oh, damn, that sucks. Like, that's kind of not the system that you want, and I get why Street Fighter V has that system, but they need to rework it a bit. Just, again, to keep that dopamine drip, like, other games have success with, with it, games should be fun. And there's just a certain point where you get to in Street Fighter V where it's like, ugh, that, ugh. And so you, you stop playing for points, and you just start focusing on, you know, wins and losses and other things. Um, that's not ideal, but that's what we have to deal with, and, and there it is. Um, it kind of has like a cortisol drip. Is that the right? Exactly. Like when you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, anyway, so let's get into it now. Uh, I wanted to cover seven simple tips to level you up in Street Fighter V that anyone can do. This is you know open to anyone, and you don't need to be a terrific player to pull it off. Um, I will state our credentials a bit up front. Uh, we're both Grandmaster players, as John just spoke about. I'm a Monat 
while John is an Akali Kage player, um, Kage, I should say, we're not the best players on the planet, but I have beaten the best player on the planet in Punk. You know, oh, okay, yeah, I've done it. But anyway, so although we're not the best, we do study this game quite a bit, and I, I believe we have some really nice ways of breaking stuff down here for Street Fighter Five that will help the masses out there. Like, we really do... You know, we care about helping you guys out, guys and gals, um, and, uh, you know, trying to figure out a way to to get into it and, and just make your, your process better, not worried about points and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, so I'm going to kick it off here with number one, and that's watching higher level footage. And this is my highest recommended thing to do. It's why I'm starting the list here. This works with any game, but Street Fighter V makes this specifically very easy by just jumping into the CFN and doing a replay search. From there, uh, you just look at to find players of a, um, a skill range um, and even find someone who uses the exact same character, V-trigger, and V-skill that you do. That's actually very nice to do because you don't have to throw out, like any parts of the gameplay if you find someone who uses v trigger 2 v skill 2 um it's just it's very one-to-one -one with what you're trying to do very often right hmm. so some people may think that you only want to look at the highest levels of players like you know i'm only looking at warlords or ultimate grandmasters and stuff but actually sometimes lower level gameplay is a bit easier to digest when you're trying to get up your way like through the ranks so you might not pick up on all the nuances that like the best Akuma players, like you're watching Tokido and he's doing 50 billion different things at one time. And that might be hard to pick up on. So sometimes it's actually just easier to grab a player who's a few ranks above you to see how they handle various things that you might be dealing with that Tokido doesn't even have to worry about. Cause you know, yeah. So, and the, a big key about this is you don't need to watch footage all day long. You actually only want to look for patterns of stuff that you see other players do that you're not doing that would help you out. It's huge, a huge key again to find consistent things that you're not doing that higher level players are. And then just add those into your game plan. Like, is someone anti-airing in a certain way with a certain button? Write that down. Do they have a specific setup that they keep going to over and over again that's working out well for them? Note that you don't have to watch the entire match. Like, for example, if you're looking for V-trigger setups, just skip ahead to the part of the match like where those are applicable. And if that's all you need, if that's the main thing you're looking for, then just boom. Like you can watch 30 seconds or 20 seconds of a match to get those setups and get those ideas going. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you have a couple things written down, your footage watching session is over. For most people, I recommend watching about five matches. And if you're really struggling to identify patterns, watch a few more. But most people can watch about five matches, especially with a tool set that, that Street Fighter V gives you to skip around. And they can do that in about 15 to 20 minutes. So it's like people think about watching footage like, oh, I got to watch for like three hours. It's like, no, nah, dude, like 15 to 20 minutes is all you need and um and you can actually also instead of watching other people's footage like to see what they're doing right uh you can also watch your own footage to see what you're doing wrong right uh it's uh um I, yeah i kind of said that weird but anyway uh to no, identify makes total patterns. sense yeah, identify patterns of what you're, you you feel like um, you're consistently getting blown up on or is not working for you. Uh, and again, it works really well if you feel like you've hit a dead end. Um, and again, you just take all the previous stuff and just kind of reverse a little bit. Um, but yeah. Yeah, this how is... many times do you tell the, the person playing on the screen, which is you, like, oh, you should have anti-aired there. Oh, you keep getting opened up with this same frame trap or you keep letting him walk up here and you got a challenge, whatever it is. But you find that you'll start to say the same things and then you go, well, I know what I need to practice now. 
Exactly. It's just all about pattern recognition, either good or bad patterns, and noting those and working on them. Uh, it's it's very straightforward. But yeah, uh, what's your what's your first thing, John? Well, I, w- I also wanted to say really quick on your first note here, especially when you're watching pros, but when you're watching anyone, um, and and the higher above you that you perceive them to be, the the more true this is probably going to be. But it could be anyone. Uh, a lot of times when you're watching, it's easy to think. Oh well, they have some natural ability, or they have uh, refined their abilities to be so good that it's out of grasp for me. Like their reactions are just so good that they're like they're using that, and that's not something realistic for me. So I have to keep that in mind and just say that there's going to be a ceiling that I'm going to hit because my reactions aren't that good, or you know my my whatever. And you kind of set them like a, a, a an, at an un, the other side of an unpassable chasm. Don't do that because as I've watched like Daigo and Tokido with uh, FGC translated and what they say and how they play, they're superhuman beings, guys. And I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. They're not superhuman beings. They're human beings. And they train and learn and get hit by the same stuff that I do and everybody else that I've trained with does. But what they do is they it's their focus and where they make adjustments is where they change things up. And by the time they make it to you know a major and whatnot, the grand stage, they've will they've they've focused and honed in on all that, and they're ready to do it. And they're also stone faced. They're definitely not yeah. that way when they're on stream. But don't it's it's just them taking note and and practicing. Like there's no secret to it. They don't have mm-hmm. superpowers. So don't think that just because you don't have the superpowers that Daigo has, you can't can't be doing the things he does like obviously he's got some natural abilities and he constantly works at them so he's setting himself up for the most success possible but a lot of this is work and you can tell and you are able to work so remember that and don't go in with this like i can't there's a there's going to be a natural chasm there to begin with Exactly. Yeah, it's um, they're not superhuman, as you say, and they listen to the Event Hub's podcast podcast clearly, and that's how come they've gotten so good. So there yes. it is. But yeah, what do you got for number two, John? Uh, for for my uh, first one here, for number two overall, I put play with a schedule, and um, this kind of I've been trying to transition my life to to have a little more order to it and to observe what I'm doing because. Um, when you set a goal up in front of yourself, it's the pursuit of that goal and progress toward it that results in happy and motivational feeling. And like achieving the goal is great and whatever, but then it's over with. And what do you do? You you set up a new one, right? But again, it's that progress toward. And so um, I've I've set up things in in my daily routines. Like just this morning, I wrote down, you know, do the dishes, uh, stretch out, go for a run, play an hour of Street Fighter, and being able to cross those things out is extremely there's a little dopamine drip in that my entire life is turning into like video games and the psychology that we've been uh, experiencing in in the last couple of years of, of gaming but or maybe longer than that but anyways um if you set up a schedule for yourself and you make it um part it's like a sub goal of the bigger goal of ultimately getting better and make sure by the way that you have a goal of like where you want to get next whether that be a point total whether that be you know just that you you feel more consistent about your anti-airs and have a way of measuring that have a goal that's an important part of this but um, play with a schedule so um, set that up whatever it is and you'll you'll if you have that in front of you then you'll be able to one check it off when you do it and that feels good but also like be ready and, and make time for it. You're more likely to do it, and you'll be practicing more often when you when you do it this way. And I found that it's been good for me because I've set up just um, most mornings. Uh, I have just this hour set 
before work starts because I like to do it then because then my mind's filled with street fighter stuff and my heart too, right? Because you come off of a, sometimes it means I'm having a terrible start to the day at work, depending on how my online session goes. But, you know, I, I have this hour block set aside and I play during that time and uh, and it gets me to, to continuously do it. And I've noticed that uh, I was certainly on a decline because I hadn't been playing very much, but I'm coming up out of that now and, and doing better and, and, and seeing fruit in the things that I'm practicing specifically. Um, but it's because I have that schedule, that order to do it. So, and, and, and don't set too much, you know, for you to do because that's going to be intimidating and maybe um, um, demotivate you from, from playing. But set aside an hour a day, have it at a regular point. Uh, I, it's, it's hard for me to justify to my fiance. It's like, this is for work. This is serious. This isn't just for fun, babe. This is because I have to do it. I have to get better at this. Uh, and she's like, whatever, you're playing video games. And I'm like, oh, I love you. But yeah. uh, so, but get, get yourself a schedule. Um, I, and I, I recommended this to you, right? Just a couple of weeks ago or so, yeah. and you've been practicing it. Yeah, um, or just on that note, uh, you mentioned your fiance. We're going to save the wife like girlfriend tips for another podcast, but yes, <laughs> we'll have to get into <laughs> yeah. that at some point. But yeah, as you've been saying, it's actually been huge for me. And I'm, I know this like probably sounds like hyperbole, but it has changed my damn life. I could not thank John enough for this. It's made me happier, feel more energized, et cetera. Just at one hour a day because I would go through these like marathon sessions where it's like, oh man, you know, I've got to play for like five hours to get like, and it's like, and John's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about here? Just play for an hour, like five times, five days a week, like you, you five hours a week. You can do that. I've got three kids and, and it's like juggling this stuff with a very active job and all this other kind of stuff. It was really hard. Um, but we don't typically you know, play for points, but points are a thing. They're an indicator, right? I think like since I've been doing this, I've gained about 4,000 points in ranked match uh, total. And it's like, it, it's playing fighting games is cathartic. It usually is. It can be very frustrating. It could be like, you know, quite the opposite and stuff. But if you're playing them in the right way, if you're, you know, doing the proper things, like it's very much a release. Like you're getting that, that, you're getting a lot of frustration and, and, and anger out, hopefully, you know, and, and that's what I've found. And so that's when I say it's changed my life. I mean it like it's been a very positive thing. And I really could not thank you enough for this tip. And I've been telling like everyone, dude, like do the John schedule. It is amazing. Uh, like it's been so popular among our team that everyone is saying like that, that they came up with this idea and it was like their thing like beforehand. And I'm like, I mean, I heard it first from John. I'm sure other people have said it, but like, this is the guy I remember telling me initially. So, um, I swear by this tip. It's outstanding. It feels balanced is what it, yeah. there's, there's added bonuses to it because when you know that you're going to do it on a regular basis, you don't feel like you have to necessarily continue to grind. It's okay to bite off an hour, which is not nothing by any means, but yeah. some people will sit and will grind for five or six hours. That's not uncommon to most people, you know, in the fighting game community uh, because we enjoy doing it in the first place. But when you when you make it into like I know I'm gonna come back to it I'm gonna refresh and think about the things that you know that I had in this bite sized session that I can reflect on and go man my whatevers weren't very good this time or I need to work on this or I'm seeing progress in my in my abilities uh, you know here and whiff punishing or whatever it is that's um it's it's the order to it helps you and helps motivate you in other ways to be able to let go of maybe you have a bad session, but it's easy to go, all right, that was just a bad day and I'm going to reset. We'll come back tomorrow and we'll see what's up then. And when you have a good session, it's it's also easy enough to get off and, and go do it because you know, well, hey, I'm going to take this momentum into, Mamar, into tomorrow. Um, so it, it really does benefit. And I've been so 
skeptical of these kind of things. It always sounds like, oh, you got to do this and like self-help books and whatnot. But as I've gotten older in the last couple of years, I've seen what works and what doesn't. And I can't deny that having certain like organization tools, taking notes, uh, organizing things together, you're gonna end up doing it more and you're gonna end up seeing the results. It's kind of, you kind of baby yourself because you say, all right, now you got to do it. It's like, I know I can do it. I can get it done. Just bite the bullet organize yourself. It, it helps out in a lot of ways in the long run. So yeah, it's, it's really phenomenal. It sounds like a little thing. Uh, a lot of this stuff is again, like we said, you know, things anyone can do. Uh, and it's funny how these little tips, they, they add up and they make a big difference. Um, and speaking of that, we've got number three here. And my advice is only to focus on about two or three things that you're trying to improve on at one time. And this is key because if you're actively trying to work on 20 things at once, you're going to mentally guard break yourself. Uh, you've gotten to this level in Street Fighter V or whatever game you're playing and have stuck with the game this long, you're not needing to completely start over with a clean slate, right? It's it, people get frustrated and they hit you know they they hit a wall and they're like oh you know I'm just I'm doing everything wrong it's like no you're not doing everything wrong you just haven't identified the things you are doing wrong and if you're trying to tackle twenty of those at one time you have completely overwhelmed yourself so you just want to build on top of what you already know and again it's just a handful of things just two or three things at a time and. Um, if you get, if you're getting up, hung up on something like that's not in your two or three things or whatever, go ahead and write it down somewhere else, right? Just make a note about it. So you can come back to it at a later point in time if it's a big deal still. Mm-hmm. That way you're not getting obsessed with something that you're just not actively able to work on at that point. You got it written down. You're not going to forget. There it is. And the big key with this one is it's just super easy to overwhelm yourself in fighting games with new data. Things are happening all at once. These are highly mental, you know, juggling acts like these games are not easy to to keep your head in a great spot with. Right. Uh, And so it's very important that you're not doing your opponent's work for you. Just try to add a few things into the mix every single time you play um, and, you know, and focus on those until you've got them up to a, a good standard for yourself before you move on. You know, one of my one of my points here is be practicing specifics. We probably should have done that one first in this one because it's kind of like a and in addition to it, like be practicing specifics, but make sure you you limit yourself to just a few specific things, right? Like don't go too far out. Tell a quick story. Uh, it was a, maybe four or five days ago. I was playing uh, this little game that I like to do. I think I've talked about it here on the podcast before, but where you do the random block and it's just the hit con- single hit hit confirm. And it was because I saw uh, an infectious video on it and it jogged my memory about just doing that. Like, I, I should re-up on my hit confirms and try to get 10 in a row where if the hit happens, you have to do the follow-up. And if the hit blocks, then, or if the attack blocks, then you don't do the follow-up. If you screw up in either direction, the timer or the counter resets. And I was trying to get to 10. And hot damn, man. I mean, I've, I've seen some decent success in fighting games and whatnot, but it is it was very frustrating um, to get to just 10 consistent hits here with a single hit. It was, for specifics, it was Nikali's target combo, so medium kick into heavy kick. I, I was doing it for maybe an hour, and I had gotten up to 9 a couple times. And, of course, as soon as you get to 9, you just are thinking about nothing but the fact that you're on 9 and can get to 10, and you're not paying attention to the stuff that you have to be paying attention to. Um, I was very frustrated. Uh, Driftwood called, and I talked to him for a minute, and I told him about it. And he's all about hit confirms because he played um, Fei Long in uh, Street Fighter Four and, and was very much about that. 
kind of stuff. Um, and he was like, I can get 10, no problem. Maybe, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't. But anyways, it was just like a seven or eight minute conversation. I sat back down and had planned to go because he was like, Hey, I want to play Heroes of the Storm. So I was going to go play with him, sit back down to uh, try one more time. And I'd get it on the first try, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Boom. Got it. Turned off the, the console and it was like, sick, perfect, awesome. All it really took was for me to kind of give my brain a, a little rest and, and reset. But anyways, I've been practicing specifically hit confirms. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, let's see here. Actually, that's my next point, so I won't get too far into that. But yeah, uh, you want to focus on, on very specific things um, when you're not actually out there playing, like going into training mode and, and setting yourself up for maybe you're doing cross-cut DPs and you want to, uh, you know, figure out the timing for when someone jumps over you that you can get a DP out going the other direction with the cross cut or, or, you know, hit confirms or with punishing or whatever it is, do that and, and focus on those specific things. Yeah. And next up here at number five, we have work on your mental game and staying calm is one of the big keys to this. And an easy thing to do is actually deep breathing. You can regularly see Tokido uh, doing deep breathing up on stage. And there's actually science to this. Uh, breathing decreases stress levels as more oxygen enters your bloodstream. And this communicates to your brain, hey, relax, you know, like chill out a little bit. You're, you're able to breathe. You're fine. You know, um, when your body or your mind goes into fight or flight mode, you're not thinking as clearly. This will disrupt your ability to react and respond correctly in matches. Yeah, it's still possible to like, you know, be on tilt or have your just adrenaline going through the roof and react and do things correctly. But for most people, that's much tougher as you're effectively raising the difficulty on yourself because your brain is in fight or flight mode. What the hell should I do and other stuff? Um, Fighting games are very mental. You want to be mostly relaxed while you're playing them. Don't be, you know, falling asleep or anything like that, but you want to be pretty chill. And, you know, some people out there might claim like deep breathing or whatever won't help. But if you look up breathing techniques for athletes, you can see there's quite a bit of documented techniques out there that just it helps your body just kind of process and get into a good spot. So staying calm, deep breathing, it helps your brain operate on a higher level and therefore it improves how well you do in game. You know, as I've been doing these snapshot hours in a day, you can see when you're having a bad day and uh, and you can reflect on that. And you can also highlight much more easily the specific things where you were screwing up. And if you're able to do that, then that allows you to then also work on fixing them. And again, it's it's doing it this way gives you much more defined lines and specifics as opposed to everything just kind of melding together and then just being sort of out there in the ether. You can pinpoint where you want to make the fixes, where you want to put on the band-aids, where you want to repaint, whatever it is, and and do those specific things. And it's much more efficient. Mm. Nicely said. So going into uh, number six, <laughs> I almost have this as a, like, um, a side point because it applies like across the board, but actively ignore points. And I guess you could be even more specific with it and say, play to practice the things that you are working on. Don't play to, you know, uh, with, with the, with the further goal in mind, like don't have the future in mind when you're in the thick of it. Because uh, a lot of times your total focus, you know, if you're trying to hit confirm, and you have to, you know, you 
focus right there on maybe if you use the stun bar or if it's like the spark behind the character that appears or whatever but like that takes so much concentration and to be ready to anti-air when someone's like frame trapping you and then they neutral jump it's like that's a weird time for someone to jump but like it happens a good little you know bit um, that's one of the places I, I notice I let people get away with too often um, things like that like you have to be in the present and being worried about points is only going to uh, motivate you to play um, just kind of on, on instinct and that's not always good <laughs> um, and then also it's going to drive those those negative feelings um, a lot harder and it's also well I, I dare not say that online isn't as valid as offline but uh, <laughs> I dare say that you're pursuing something that it, you know the points and the representation of that is is only it's only so much I, I think that everyone would agree that being more fundamentally um, um, refined and able to play more consistently and do the right thing uh, for offline play more often is uh, ultimately a better pursuit than trying to, you know, get over a million points. But shout out to Trashbox. It's awesome that you did that. But yeah, just play without points in mind um, because they're more often a hindrance than a help. Yeah, actually, this is really huge. Again, I play mainly online, but if you're focused on not losing a single match at like Grandmaster Rank, not going two and one, you're putting the focus on not losing instead of just playing smart and executing. You're distracting yourself. You're doing your opponent's work for them. You know, it's you're actually putting yourself into a very bad mindset. And Daigo wow. actually flat out said he tries not to focus on winning while playing uh, the willpower to keep winning or whatever. You know, I, I get it. But Again, thinking about winning or losing is not really actively helping you win a match. You can't just will yourself to win or not lose or whatever. That's not how it works. You have to do the right things to win. Yes. Winning is a consequence of doing the right things. And so your advice actually works great online or offline um, because it's you don't really want to be so heavily focused on what you might lose or the consequences and stuff. Just be worried about the task at hand, which is actually playing well in the matchup. Are you properly countering the person? Have they shown you that they're going to jump, you know, every third time you stick out a normal, a jump is coming and stuff. Like if you're worried about not losing, or you're worried about losing, I should say, you're not focused enough on that stuff. And you're going to have patterns slip right through your fingers that you should heavily be focusing on. And it's something I, I have to tell myself constantly, don't freaking worry about points. Yes, points are an indicator of some skill online. They're approximation of what you have. They, they mean something. They mean far less, you know, than, than they really do, right? It's like, it... it yeah. So it's I, it's like getting into the realm of emotion and status and all of that stuff. And, yes. and I, I kind of put it in the same ballpark as when you're near the end of a match or a round and maybe you're losing or you're both at last hit and people start to make super mistakes and bad decisions there where they wouldn't make it normally, but it's because the pressure is so high. Maybe you're you're just you jump forward because that's the there's such a you know, an overarching thing and it's a commitment and it's going to get you one way or another out of this scenario. You just don't want to be here anymore. You want the outcome to have happened. So the pressure is off, whatever the reason, but you buckle into doing something that's not when, when what you should be doing is I'm just waiting for this V trigger Nikali to dash forward because I know he's going to, because he's feeling that pressure too, man. And, yep. and a big part of those situations is just who can endure and not make the stupid mistake first that so many if you approach it that way you'll win a lot because people yep. make stupid mistakes there and and if you're just focused on the now which maybe that's a better way of putting this than just saying don't worry about points it's like play in the moment and yep. don't be distracted by the emotional side of things and don't be distracted by uh, you know the, I, I gotta win this 
round because or I, you know I'm, I'm thinking about my 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 points and all the things like that it's like just think about the specifics of i need to be ready for this forward dash that i think is coming or i need to put this 50 50 and then commit to an out an option here and and but only be concerned with that which is in front of you because well it's it's more efficient yeah and uh, even the pros will crack, you know, kind of thing. You'll see it happen. And it's just, it's, these are tips to help you avoid that, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you're just trying to not crack like every time you play and stuff like that. It's just, it, but even the best of us, they, we're going to fall down, you know? All right. And then moving on to point number seven, actively apply what you're practicing. This will be more for some people than it will for others, but it certainly is a thing for me that I find it's so easy for me to fall back into just playing on autopilot. In fact, this morning, I realized like 45 minutes into my hour session that I hadn't once thought about one of the things that I wanted to be specifically doing. Um, And then I transitioned to doing it then, and it was awesome. It was just uh, practicing um, uh, whiff punishing, uh, and, and like especially at the beginnings of rounds when the dance is just being established. I was playing against the, an ultimate grandmaster, uh, Nash, and we we didn't do anything for like ten seconds. And then he stuck out one button, one kick, and I countered it from or counter hit it for or not even counter hit. It wasn't on the startup. It was a whiff punish from like almost max distance into a, wow. a very satisfying target combo, right? And um, but but the entire rest of the time, I hadn't even been thinking about doing that. And I'm like, that's one of the things that's on my, one of the few things on my list of specific things to practice. And I had fallen into, I'm just going to do what feels right. Cause that's the type of player I tend to be anyway. It's like not even caring about frame data. It's like, I just know that if I push a button here, I usually get hit. So I'm not going to push a button here, but knowing exactly frame data that helps out a lot too. So anyways, I uh, just get wrapped up in all of that and not actually put what you're doing out into when you're actually in the uh, in the fray and and playing against people online and when the chips are on the table. Makes sense. Okay, and we also got a mailbag segment here from Andrew, who sent in a mix-up between Tokido and Daigo. They were playing a Gal versus Urian. And Daigo gets to a point where like, it's a reflector setup where um, he, Daigo gets hit by and he's just like, that mix-up is insane. Like, that should not exist in this game and whatnot. And I... I'm just a little hard pressed to say like the mix up shouldn't exist because it's it takes a bit for Urian to get there and to set it up and whatnot. And it's a really good setup. And I'm kind of curious like how it will hold up long term and whatnot. And Urian's not winning a lot. Like it, it takes a bit to get into the you know situation and what and so I think maybe a little bit in the heat of the moment is kind of like what Daigo is reacting to, like when this happens. But I think there are very few setups in the history of Street Fighter that need to be actually removed from the game. Like there's been, I think a couple, like even in Street Fighter V itself, like with Mika, like she had like an unblockable thing from Critical Art A. I still think exist in some instances actually. Uh, And there's been a few others where I've actually liked to see them gone, but I don't know, for me, this isn't one of them, but but how did you feel? So... Yeah, um, I, I do think that there are situations or, or like V-triggers, especially V-triggers like this, where the mix-up becomes, it, it boils down to the round or too much of the outcome is decided by the single sequence and then a lot of the stuff around it, which not everything around it, because like you kind of got at, you have to build these meters and whatnot, but V-trigger is built by getting hit. So it's like, well, how much are you earning that? Or is like you get hit a certain amount and then you do this and then this decides the round at that point. There's an argument to say that there's just too much investment into this one thing and it therefore takes away from the rest of the round and the other things that we would want to have their rightful place. You know, it's like 
XYZ, sh- you know, this amount of, of your performance should be um, reflected in your, your footsie play, you know, and the, how much you win, what it takes to win. Um, and that, that gets into some really complicated and, and subjective stuff. But w- I think that what Daigo is getting at here is that what Tokido does is he has Aegis and Daigo's um, doing pretty well against them. And Daigo has like a good three fourths of his life bar left. And, um, Tokido gets a random crouching medium kick and activates into Aegis and that and then does a, a reset which is at a 50 50 it's like a true 50 50 um, and it works and that gets Daigo down to like 50 health Daigo actually hangs on and ends up winning the round so hey oh, it's good and it's yeah. in, and it's evidence against you know that this would be too much but just a little bit less life you know like 50 less life and that would have been the end of the round from still almost you know 50 health less than about three-fourths of your life bar and that is so much for especially when you talk about how with v triggers you can usually do kind of just do it moves and activate the v trigger and then the person has to if they got hit by the just do it move like a low hitting rush punch that flies across the screen for example uh then they're screwed but if they didn't get hit by it they blocked it successfully well you activate into a positive situation and now they have to deal with well in like the sense of the case of g it's like the command grab versus the the strike situation and with yuri and it's you know trying not to get hit by an aegis and and you know or thrown into it or whatever and it's very very much at disadvantage if they do get hit it goes into a reset where if they get hit there they're stunned and then they're dead and yeah again it's like i think that that's what he's getting at it's just there's too much into this single sequence that therefore takes away from everything else that happens in the round and i do agree i think that like maybe whether it be like less stun output or or maybe a little less damage or just that they don't function in the way they currently do with so much advantage especially for a mechanic that you build by getting hit yeah, so I think that's what Daigo's saying there, and that's at least how I feel about it, too. It's yeah. just too much reward. Yeah, I, I'm pretty reserved with removing specific setups, and I'm more about adjusting moves and such kind of overall. Um, I, I think that when you're specifically trying to isolate a setup, that setup better be broken. And I look at that setup and I go, yeah, but like, 10 other characters in this game have that, you know, a very similar kind of thing going on where you're just dealing with a hardcore 50 50. Um, and, and, you know, it's, your end didn't even, you know, close out the match because the damage scaled so heavily on it. Right. It's like, well, I don't he, know. He so, lopped off like three, almost three fourths of, of Daigo's life bar with that. And it with was a, a super, yeah, a stray with, hit. Yeah. with a super tagged on, but it yeah. was a stray hit into, um, a, a 50 50 that you know the, at the end of the day you're flipping a coin either way and that's not yeah. very fun too so you you also get into the sense that it's like all of this is also based uh, heavily on a 50 50 situation yeah. and that doesn't feel it's just like i guessed and it was right or i guessed and it was wrong yeah. and you start to get into like it's the same kind of uh, ballpark argument as when we talk about how Alex's V trigger one is just not very well designed, it's like it's strong and it doesn't make him like a, a, a very good character, but it's pretty good by itself. But it's good for like goofy and bad reasons that are not fun to play against. And I would argue probably not as rewarding as things that you feel like you kind of earn more uh, for for the people that are performing it. It's just like it's not a very well designed thing that doesn't lead to feelings of satisfaction when you play the game and. Um, I think this is much more that Alex's V trigger is not the biggest problem I have with this. I'm fine with them leaving it as it is even, but it's one of those things that we've both highlighted in the past. It's kind of just like not very well designed for fun experiences. And I think that goes to the heart of V triggers more than anything. And in terms of them as a whole and less a specific setup, that's 
how I would look at it. But I mean, again, um, and if you're altering V triggers on that level, like, is it Street Fighter Five anymore? You know, and I, I think that would be a discussion for another podcast. But, mm-hmm. but Andrew, thank you so much for the tip. We do appreciate that. Um, again, if you guys ever see something that you want us to talk about on the podcast, just shoot it over to us on Twitter and we'll check it out. And uh, once again, y'all, thank you again so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. See ya. Thank you.